Okay. Are we live now? Let me look. We are. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. So if everybody could mute yourselves really quickly, then we can make sure that we don't get any um, feedback and, you know, background noise throughout, but I, I am going to want to hold on. I think I for, haven't muted myself yet on Facebook. Okay. Cause it's like echoing. <laughs> you guys probably hear that. Okay. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining me. I'm really excited. I really enjoy doing the, the mindset segment for, I kind of have just been taking place of either Jesse's call on Tuesday night or Bob's call on Thursday night. And I do this once a month. So if you're new, this is only about the third or fourth class that I've done, but I do want to briefly explain how I envision these, these calls being moving forward. So what I've been doing in the past is doing like a class, but, and then the last class that I did um, on emotional triggers, we, we finished off with the last like 20 or 30 minutes doing some live coaching. So if any of you on the call tonight are willing and, and even, you know, have the desire to be coached, you know, come on video with me and we just coach through one of your struggles, you know, something that you feel is like a, a goal of yours, or even just your biggest struggle, something that you're thinking about a lot. And, you're, you've been feeling frustrated about. I would love to open the call up for anyone who is, you know, has the desire, desire to um, share because I know that many people can most likely relate to whatever you're going through. So that's why I think the coaching segment of this can be really helpful for everyone joining in because as I, I sent out an email, many of you received it. And what I asked in the email was for you guys to respond and share um, three things that you're grateful for and three things that you're struggling with right now. And I really enjoyed reading them. I loved reading what you're grateful for and also noticing, uh, seeing what you are struggling with. And it's crazy, you guys, a lot of you had some similar responses. So that's why I think that if you are willing to come on later in the call and do a little coaching with um, with me around this, just know that a lot of what you guys wrote was very similar to other people. So, um, so one way you can um, even, uh, you can be coached in, in a few different ways. First, you can, um, if you're watching the replay, you can leave a comment on Facebook, on the Facebook post. And if you're, if you have a question or something that you're struggling with, I would love to address it on another call or a, a live video in the future, but you can also ask questions in the chat. So I'm going to make sure that I can see the chat while throughout the call and anytime, anything that you are, that comes to mind that you have a question about, or you just right off the bat, you have something that is on your mind that you're struggling with, and you hope that we can maybe perhaps address this in the call, then feel free to put it in the chat. So the way it'll work in the end is if you would like to be coached, then you just click on the raise your hand. I think if you look around at the bottom of your screen, you'll be able to figure out how to, to raise your hand and then I'll be able to see you and then I can bring you on live with me. So that's just uh, explaining how this call is gonna go. I'm just gonna start out by sharing um, my 
my thoughts and understandings around belief. But before I do so, I like to start with just taking a deep breath because I, I want us all to be in a space of really um, allowing new information to come through. Like I always hope for aha moments um, for myself whenever I'm listening to someone else, or listening to a podcast or reading a book, I go into it really intentionally, hoping to see something new from even books. I have, I have made a goal the last uh, year to stop buying books because I have enough. So what I've been doing is rereading a lot of my books and uh, because I've kept all the ones that are my favorites. So I've been rereading a lot of my favorite books and it's so cool that I am gaining something new, new insights every time that I read the book. And so that's what I, I hope that you guys can all be mindful of when I'm sharing these things. Most likely you've heard it in some form, but I hope that it can like click in an, on a new level and it can like make some connections in your mind. And that's how it works for me. Every time I'm learning something, I'm always making new connections. So it might be information that you've heard multiple times, but just know that every time you hear something, a new neural pathway makes a connection. And then you're like, oh, I get it on a whole different level. So that's what this is all about. So let's start by um, taking a deep breath. I love sound bowls. So Also, I think it's very beneficial anytime you are, um, before you do start to read a book or listen to a podcast or meditate, um, to have some kind of a ritual, something that gets you in the space. So like the, the sound bowl is something that really, really helps me, but even um, burning a little sage. And this is not about whether or not it is actually effective. You know, like people believe that sage like cleanses, cleanses the room and of, of negative energies. So it doesn't matter. You know, we're going to be talking about beliefs. Like it doesn't matter if this is factual or not. It doesn't matter if there's scientific, scientific evidence that can prove that burning sage actually <laughs> removes negative energy. There's no way of proving that, but if you find beliefs, things that actually do help you in your life, then there's no reason why you need to let go of them. So if you believe that sage works, if you believe that sound bowls really help get you in alignment, then continue with these things, even though you don't have the proof to support, you know, scientific proof. So that's the way I look at things. And I really... Uh, so if you're new to these calls, like I said, I've done a few already, but they all kind of are interconnected. So I would highly recommend you going back because I'm going to be referencing some of the ones I've, did, I've done on emotional triggers, um, raising your emotional vibration. I shared the emotional vibration chart. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that many of you are aware of the emotional chart. And um, we talk a lot in ER Shred about raising our vibration and you know things being like having a high vibe diet by the way if you like my shirt we got a new um we got new 
uh, shred gear. So that's been really exciting to, um, to introduce that we've got a lot of new shirts and hats available for anyone who does want to wear this. I think it's fun <laughs> to wear the ER shred gear. But um, so beliefs. My biggest aha moment was realizing that I can choose my beliefs. And I, that might be common sense for many of you, but this was something that I didn't know until about five or six years ago. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm serious. And the reason why I've been so passionate about personal development and mindfulness and learning about like all the emotions and how the brain works and um, coaching and all of that, the way I, the reason why I got became so passionate about this is because of my own personal journey and realizations around beliefs. I thought that um, I didn't know I could choose my beliefs. First of all, I thought that I had, you know, I didn't, I, that I had to, I really just thought that I was supposed, I, I believed what my parents told me was true about life and the purpose of life. And, and I didn't know that I actually had a choice. Um, so I was taught these things growing up and I was taught to believe that my religion was the only truth on earth. And so I trusted that to be true because that's what, uh, those were the beliefs that were handed down to me from my parents. And I didn't realize that it was just a belief and that we choose our beliefs and we can change our beliefs. I didn't know I had the option. I thought, well, my only option is heaven or hell. So why would I choose hell? So I just thought that if I didn't follow everything that my religion told me to follow, then I wouldn't get to go to heaven. I wouldn't get to be with my family and I wouldn't have blessings. I wouldn't have a good life. I like, um, I wouldn't have a connection with God. So these are all very strong, powerful beliefs that eventually I got to a space where, you know, as I'm trying to grow as a person, I found myself running up against walls, like constantly hitting walls, like okay, I want to go this direction. Oh, can't, you know, because my beliefs, oh, I want to go. Oh no, I can't because my beliefs. So everything was hindering me. My beliefs I started to recognize were hindering me from actually expanding in a way that I, I really wanted to, but I was like, no, I can't because like, that's like, that goes against what I believe or, you know, that's not true because this is my church teaches this. And so it was just like all this conflict and you know, once I realized that I did have the choice to believe whatever I wanted to believe, I realized that I had much more control over my life than I ever realized because our beliefs are just thoughts that we think over and over and over. And that's one thing that I didn't know either that Abraham or Esther Hicks taught me that a thought or a belief is just a thought that we keep on thinking. And so, um, really uh, what it all comes down to is that our beliefs, our thoughts and our beliefs are what produces our emotions. So I talk about the emotional scale um, in one of my, my classes. And then our emotions are what ultimately fuel our actions. So we talk about food being our fuel, but emotions are also our fuel. And our actions are what ultimately creates our results. So um, 
when I, uh, so I wanted to explain, you know, how I suddenly started to shift my mindset, you know, once I finally opened up the box that I was in and realized that, oh my gosh, like I could just literally choose any belief and no longer am I um, confined to believing that only my beliefs that I was taught growing up were the absolute truth and learning that truth like what is truth anyway <laughs> like truth is really so subjective and that's not that's something I didn't understand I thought like truth is truth it's either true or it's false but uh, I didn't realize that you know I was just really a black and white thinker and I didn't know of all the different in-betweens, you know, like there's 50 shades of gray, right? <laughs> there's so many different shades of white. And like, it's just mind blowing. Once you realize you open up your mind to it, not being so binary, you know, it, it, right or wrong, good or bad, and realizing that it's all in our minds. And once we realize that it's all in our minds then we realize it's all in other people's minds, and then we start to have more compassion and understanding for other people and where they're coming from, we are um, more likely to listen because we know that just because they're describing something that I disagree with doesn't mean that it's not true because it is true for them. What they're describing is what they see. So why not, we why not listen more so that we can learn more about other people and the way they perceive the world? So um, I wanted to share some other examples of how my, my beliefs and how I've changed them over the years. It first starts with the awareness. We're also talking about awareness in ER Shred and how suddenly our newfound awareness around our diet and how it makes us feel, certain foods that we're trying out and being becoming more in tune with our body. We are also learning, realizing that the awareness is spilling over into other areas of our lives. And that's where I get so excited because I'm like, oh, let me take the, let me take over the whole personal development, like mindset aspect of this, because that has been such an exciting piece for me to realize how much our diet does um, contribute to our emotions and in being more aware, practicing that awareness with our diet helps us practice more awareness in other areas of our life, practice what we're thinking, practice what we're consuming into our minds via books, podcasts, uh, news, media, all of it. So um, I wanted to talk about one of my beliefs that I had. Uh, I um, It was a belief that came later in my life because of an experience. And this is one way that a belief um, a thought or an experience can turn into a belief because it's basing our mind um, you know, replays things over and over and over. And like I said, our, our thoughts turn into beliefs, the more we think about them. And so as I, when I was pregnant with my second baby, I had a bad experience on an airplane and it was just a lot of turbulence, something that I never experienced before. And I was never afraid of flying until that experience. And I, ever since then, I, I played, I replayed that experience over and over. It wasn't even that bad. You guys, that's what's so funny about it is because it was just something that I hadn't experienced before. And my mind quickly went to the thoughts around it. Like, like 
I don't know what's going to happen. Like the plane is going to crash. Like it can't handle all this wind. And like it, it, my, I just started to panic and I had a full on panic attack because of this, but I know it was all in my head. Now looking back, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I totally let my brain go wild. Um, thinking about all the potential outcomes and it freaked me out. But, um, and ever since then I had a hard time becoming comfortable, you know, getting back to a space of, I'm not afraid of flying. You know, I do it all the time and it's not scary. And I trust that, you know, millions of people are flying every year and I, I know that they're safe and I'm more likely to get in a car accident than, than a plane crashing. So I had to continue. I had to work at, because of the trauma that I created from my own mind, I had to work at rewiring my brain to believe that I was safe on an airplane. And so recently I got to, um, try out, uh, <laughs> to see, try it out, to see if I actually have overcome my fear of flying. And, um, I am so proud to say that because I continue to practice these things and with every flight after that one experience, and I continue to, um, remind myself of the beliefs and replaying those thoughts over and over the ones that, you know, make me feel safe and calm. And, you know, I even take a minute to talk to the flight attendant and have them reassure me. And like, just hearing them say, oh yeah, I, I fly all the time. And like, you think I would have this job if, if I was worried. And so I'm like, thank you. I just like need to hear that. So it's good to, um, you know, it's, that's just a funny experience for me because I realized that I had created that fear just because of one experience and I had to work at changing it with repetition and practice. <laughs> so, um, and then we talk about beliefs around our diet that we can all relate to the beliefs that we had around food for our entire life, things that we we're taught growing up the food pyramid grains are good lots of them um you know like lots of uh, i remember eating a lot of cereal growing up you know thinking that it was good because of the fiber and and all these things and the box says you know like it's a healthy heart healthy meal and you know so i was taught to believe that lots of grains were the best way to eat and lots of fruits and vegetables and um even lots of beans. So I, um, it's funny when you look back and see how we were operating in a way where we believed this to be true. And then we get to a point, we all get to a point where we're fed up with the results that we're getting. And then that's actually a gift when we get to the point of like, oh my gosh, I can't handle this anymore. That is the moment where we actually open up our minds. And that's what happened to me around my childhood religious beliefs. I got to a point where I was so fed up with my life, feeling like I was um, on one of those hamster wheels, never going anywhere, repeating the same patterns over and over and over. <laughs> I'm like, am I ever going to make progress in my life? Why do I always feel anxiety? And I, why am I so fear-based? And, um, and then, yeah, we just, with the whole diet, we had to learn that there could be another way. We have to open up our minds to new ways of seeing things. Um, so like one, one other thing I wanted to point out was that I used to believe that, you know, drinking coffee made me unworthy of inspiration and guidance in my life. And that was, um, that was really, you know, or like um, missing, a, like not going to church one week, then I would not have a good week 
or I wouldn't receive like blessings from God. And so I realized over time after examining all my beliefs and, and discovering the results they were creating for me, my result, my beliefs caused me intense anxiety all the time. I was always worried about not doing it right, not being enough, disappointing God, um, not being worthy of blessings and guidance and inspiration because I wasn't doing everything perfect or, um, and, you know, like I said, I, I, I believed, I was taught to believe that, that my happiness and joy would come from my religion, but why was I feeling so much anxiety all the time? So that's when you have, you get to a point where you have to start questioning your beliefs and you have to be, be willing to be wrong. And not saying that you are always wrong with your beliefs, but just the willingness to be wrong is what opens up your mind to new perspectives and new ways of seeing things. And so, like I said, I believe that my, my I was the, the one, I was this one of the special people who had the truth. And I actually looked down, um, I'm ashamed, ashamed and embarrassed to admit that I looked down on other religions and beliefs because I thought that mine was the best and mine was the true one. And um, that other religions were just playing church, you know, like how kid, little kids play school. It's like, oh, it's so cute. They're just playing school. They're not actually in school. Like I'm in school and everybody else is just playing school. You know, they're just little kids. So that was um, the way I operated. I placed myself above people because of my beliefs. So that's another reason to examine your beliefs. Does your beliefs place you above others? Are you better than other people because you are doing it right? <laughs> your beliefs are better than others. And the way you're choosing to live your life is the right way. So I think once we can just be open to the possibility that maybe there are other ways, maybe there are 50 shades of gray, <laughs> and we our willingness to be wrong simply opens up the gate to so many creative ideas, so many new ways to look at the world, so much more understanding and compassion and open-mindedness that I, I feel so strongly is so essential for all of us as a human race, for us to get along and stop fighting and arguing, for us to just let go of our attachment to the beliefs that we have and be willing to just examine them and question them and even be open to the possibility that you might be wrong. And then is when we can start um, opening our minds up to possibly finding better beliefs that even suit you much better, that create better results. So again, I want to emphasize the, um, so in one of my classes, I talked about, I, I love using the analogy of the sunglasses for every emotion that we experience, because what our brain loves to do is seek evidence in our lives to support our current belief. So it's like wearing the sunglasses. If you're wearing the anger glasses, then everything that you see will support your reason for being angry. And it's hard to step out of it when you don't realize that you're wearing the glasses. So once you realize you are wearing these glasses, you can just take them off for a minute, not try to get rid of them, but just notice that, oh, I'm wearing the angry glasses, which means that everything that I 
everything that I'm looking at right now, my brain is going to work. It's doing what it does best, which is seeking evidence to prove my thought true. (laughs) So that's how a belief is formed because your brain is like, all right, let's find evidence to prove this true. And then over time, you think it enough times, then it becomes true for you. Um, Also one uh, huge aha moment was realizing that my happiness doesn't come from other people. You know, people are always saying, you got to find that happiness and peace from within. I never could comprehend what does that even mean? Like, okay, I got to be happy with from like from within, like, what does that mean? And it just, I, I couldn't comprehend how I was supposed to change, you know, like, how can I feel better? I don't know how to feel better from within. I don't know how to find the happiness from within. It just makes no sense until I realized that what that means is you have to start with your thoughts, which are in turn your beliefs. And I didn't know that my thoughts and beliefs were really what was ultimately creating my reality. Everything that I saw was proving my beliefs true. Because that's what happens when we are allowing our brain to think without supervision. So if we can understand that our brain will constantly be thinking, it will be creating, it will come up with stories and scenarios. And like, it's really good at creating stories. I'm sure you all can relate (laughs) to, you know, you, you have something happen, somebody says something or does something and your brain is like, whoa, got to figure out what that means, got to put meaning behind it. So it does, that's what it does. It's going to create a meaning from that experience. And when we, when we do create the meaning without the awareness that our brains are doing that, then we just get sucked right into the story. And (laughs) maybe years down the road, we realize like, oh my gosh, that wasn't even true. Like I totally just made that up. So we just have to be um, using the mindfulness manager is another, um, another comparison that I like to use. Imagine a mindfulness manager. He's just there. He's watching the thoughts come through because they're going to come through, but he's there to help you like notice the ones that are not going to serve you. Notice the ones that are going to create instantly create these lower vibration emotions. Then that will eventually be your fuel to your action. And then your actions are what are creating your results. So does anyone have any questions so far? Okay. So like I said, it's first about identifying your current beliefs and thoughts and and then noticing what emotion you are feeling from that or, or noticing the result that you are seeing in your life because of your current beliefs. And it's almost like being an investigator. We have to go back to, we have to, it's like following the breadcrumbs. So first you can start from anywhere, like either start with whatever you are noticing, either do you automatically notice what you're thinking? Or sometimes we don't really, we're not really aware of what we're thinking, but we feel an emotion. We feel some anxiety. We feel a little bit of stress and we're like, I don't know why I'm feeling this way. And that's the moment where you need to take a minute to backtrack and and identify what thought is fueling that emotion because it's always comes down to a thought. 
because our, our life and our circumstances are always neutral, but it's only when our brains come along and want to perceive it through our eyes, filtered through our life experience, filtering through our beliefs that we've adapted from our parents or from, you know, other people, uh, our culture, any people that we were surrounded with growing up, we've adapted and collected these beliefs from other people. It's kind of what children do. But as we get older, we start to realize like, oh, wait, like, I just believe that because my mom told me to believe it. Or I just believe that because I heard it a million times growing up, but I never really took the time to question it. And now is the time for us to start questioning because you are all on this journey of self-discovery. We're trying to figure out what our body is like. We're trying to become more in tune with our bodies, our physical body, but we also want to become really, really hyper in tune with our emotions and follow the breadcrumbs back to the original thought or belief because it always comes down to the thought or the belief. So once you identify the thought or belief, then you can allow yourself to question it and to let it go for a moment just so that you can examine it and know fully if this is a belief that you want to hold on to or if you want to let it go. And I know it's not easy to change your beliefs, but let me explain a way that I, I think will help you feel like it's, it's, it is possible because you can't just go from thinking, I'm really um, overweight and my body just doesn't seem to be working properly and all these things that you can, you know, come up with that is evidence for you to believe this thought. It's not easy to go from that belief to I'm so beautiful and have a perfect body. And I, I just, this is so easy for me. Like it's, I know it's not easy to just change your beliefs, but we're going to talk about some step-by-step ways that we can do it, that it is possible. So once you are, one of my biggest ways to identify what my beliefs are is to do um, like a, a thought download. So it's like, whatever, whenever you're feeling these unsettling emotions and you're like, not sure why, pull out a notebook or a piece of paper and just start writing everything that's on your mind and get it all out. That's the best way to start. The best place to start is get it out of your head and onto paper so that you can look at it with your eyes. That is the best way to identify what your current beliefs are because many of us don't even realize what our beliefs are. It's just autopilot. We're on autopilot. It's all in our subconscious. We don't even know what's down there. There's so much down there that we've collected over the years. So as we write it down, we bring it to our attention. We see it with our eyes we can start to recognize like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that I, I believe this so strongly. And what if, I, what if I could think differently about this circumstance? What if I could look at it from a different perspective? What if I could play around with the different glasses? Like, okay, what if I looked at it through this lens? What if I looked at it through this lens? And by opening up yourself to playing around with the different ways to look at things, then you can start to experiment and find the ones that create the emotion that you're hoping for. So if you're feeling a lot of shame and guilt and anxiety, obviously we want to kind of raise our vibration from that. Um, first, we have to be willing to feel it and not be afraid 
of these emotions because sometimes we resist the negative emotions so much that we aren't actually solving anything because we're all we're doing is just trying to resist it or um, distract ourselves from it uh, by eating or watching Netflix or all the different things that we do to just distract ourselves from actually feeling our emotions. So first we have to realize that emotions are just an energy in our body. And for some reason, we're afraid of it. For some reason, we really resist feeling any of these lower vibration emotions. And we're almost like scared of them. Like I know from experience, like I was, I'm scared. Well, I I've learned how to work through the anxiety, but there was a time when I had, when I started to question all my beliefs, that was like, I, I really had this moment of what, what people call the dark night of the soul. Maybe you guys have heard of that term, but it's like an ex- existential crisis. Once I realized that, you know, my, my beliefs that I believed so strongly in growing up might not be the absolute truth. And um, then what is true? And that's where I started to feel I had this intense experience. It was like a three-day panic attack, dark night of the soul, existential crisis. And I was so, this is the one experience in my life that I will say was the the most challenging and the scariest because, but I know now that it was all in my head. It was just so new. And I just panicked, even though it was just a new experience that I was having, a new vibration in my body. And I was letting my thoughts run wild. And that's what perpetuated that the whole thing and turned it into a panic attack. So I know from experience that anxiety feels scary. Like if we're not going to, we think it's scary, but because it just feels so uncomfortable. And then our brain starts to um, go crazy at that point. So um, just know, notice the emotions, try to relax into the emotions Try not to fear the emotions. That was my my biggest struggle when I had that experience was I was fearing the fear. And it was just became worse and worse and worse because I was just turning into this like snowball effect. So um, one thing I do want to point out is that you don't always want to que- you don't always have to question the every belief. Like question the ones that if you start to recognize the result that you're getting in your life, um, and like I said, you can start from there. Start with your results. Do you like the results that you're getting in your life? And if you do, keep the beliefs that are supporting that. If you don't, then let's start looking at the beliefs. What, what emotions do you regularly feel? What do you think are the thoughts and the beliefs that are causing that emotion? And then once we have clearly identified the belief that you know, absolutely no is not serving you, but you just believe it so strongly. That's when we need to (laughs) let go first and also believe that, um, you know, about the, you know, we can literally rewire our brain. Um, It's called neuroplasticity. And it's basically, you know, when we have these set of beliefs and we've thought them our entire lives and they're just so strong, like this strong, like highway, even where these neurons are connected and they're so powerful because you've thought them, they've been reinforced 
over decades of thinking it thinking this way. So it's extremely hard to take this really strong highway and and like stop the thoughts from going down this highway that's like well <laughs> driven and like a lot of traffic and it's just strong and powerful. But then when you think of um paving a new way, it's like, oh, that's kind of hard. It's uh kind of going off into the unknown. The um you have to pave a new path. And at first, you know, imagine you're on a hike and you're and you see this uh, shortcut. Well, they always recommend don't go off the trail, but just uh, imagine this for a minute, you know, as far as safety goes, don't go off the trail, make sure you're with people. But if we were to try to pave a new way, we see that there is a shortcut um, to this amazing waterfall and we just want to go this new route. And but then we see that the it's just covered in trees and brush but we just really want to attempt going this route. You just have to know that it's going to be really hard to go through all the brush and it's not going to be, there's not going to be a path. You're going to be a little bit afraid that maybe you might get lost. And so there is some fear that comes along with it, but just knowing that as you continue to walk that path, then it gets easier and easier and easier. And that's how neurons in the brain work. You will um, have one uh, thought, and you're going to connect it and it's going to, you're going to wire it. And it's just, it's very weak, but the more you think it, the stronger it's going to become. And then the stronger this one becomes and you stop, you know, using the highway, then the highway, the highway will just become obsolete. Like you won't even be using it anymore. It will slowly just dissolve. It'll, it will dissipate. So just believing that if you can be patient with yourself in your process and know that this is just a journey. It's going to take some time, but it's going to take a lot of awareness and practice, but it's definitely possible. And it might be a little uncomfortable, but it's definitely possible. And I know you all believe that you can do hard things. We did the ER shred. <laughs> That's hard. I think that most people would agree that that is really hard, but we can do hard things. We all believe that we can do hard things. So if we believe that we can do hard things, then we can also believe that we have evidence for that. So the more evidence that we create, that's when the belief becomes stronger. So you just have to be willing to start something new, create that neural pathway and practice it daily. Practice the belief. Anytime your mind wants to go to the highway, go on that well-beaten path, just be like, nope, I'm going to be, I'm going to practice constraint here. I'm going to be super aware and I'm going to redirect my brain over to this little tiny path that I'm working on, working on making it stronger and better. And I just feel like that teaching alone has been the most impactful for me over the past five or six years by practicing that and seeing my progress. Because in the beginning, when I started to expand my, my beliefs to, you know, new ways of looking at things and just, it was, mind-blowing and exciting and also scary because it was also new and unfamiliar and and our brain like the primitive side of our brain just wants things to be have you ever heard of the motivational triad our brain you know when it comes to our primitive brain and survival and all of that it's designed to seek pleasure avoid pain and to um conserve energy. So our brain is going to be 
you know, fighting against this in a way like, no, let's just do what's easy. Like, let's, let's stay with what we're comfortable with, with what we know, like this is better. But if we allow our brain to keep, you know, if we, uh, you know, go, go with what the brain wants, which is the easiest route, then we're just going to continue to create the results that we don't really want because we're, we all get to certain points in our life where we're like, yeah, I don't really love this result that I'm getting with this. So something's got to give and it's your thoughts, it's your beliefs, and you have the power to change them. Just be patient and kind and gentle as you work at changing your new beliefs, because it doesn't happen overnight. But I can definitely say from my own experience, being so in deeply like enmeshed in this type of work that I have absolutely seen tremendous improvements in my own beliefs. I, I'm like blown away with the way my mind works now, as opposed to six years ago. I never would have thought that I could ever believe the cer certain things that I believe now. It just was impossible. Like, no, like there's absolutely no way I could ever believe that. But as I've been practicing this, identifying my beliefs, being aware, practicing the ones that I know will serve me better, that's when I started to make some real changes. All right. Is there anyone that would like to join me live for a little coaching? And if there isn't anyone, I totally understand. You don't have to um, feel pressure. I don't want to make anyone feel pressure. I know it's like, <laughs> it can be a little intimidating, but um, I do have, you know, some things that I could address from people who um, emailed me back today around some of the things that they're struggling with. So um, maybe some of you can relate. Okay, so one of them was managing... She says that I'm struggling with managing my mindset when I'm hormonal. I really like this one because I can totally relate. <laughs> this has been something that has been more uh, of a recent um, realization for myself around my own hormones and how they affect me and just being super aware of that and um, not feeling, I think what, I could, I could, I, I can admit that um, a lot of my arguments with Sean, if I could, you know, if when I'm tracking my menstrual cycle, sorry for the men, if this is a little too, too much information, but um, when I'm tracking it and I know when it's coming, I've learned over years of tracking it and um, being super aware of how I'm feeling, what my thoughts tend to be like around that time of month. It's always 10 days before my period. And it's just funny now because it's like a joke in our marriage now because my husband, Sean, well, you all know Sean, but um, he'll be like, can you please, like, we'll be arguing about something and I'll be all emotional. And he'll be like, can you just please, like, he's learned also that, like, I tell him that men are not allowed to tell women that they're on their periods or they're PMSing. Like, just know that you're not allowed to, like, we can, we can say it. 
and like other women can talk about it to each other. Like I can tell my daughter, like, I think you're on your period. I think you're really emotional right now. And my husband's Sean's always like, wait, you get to say that? Like you get, I'm like, yeah, I can say that to her. Right. Lily, we can say that to each other, (laughs) but, but for him, I'm like, no, you're, it's like, you are not allowed to to point that out but so this recent time he's like please 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 will you just look at your app and tell me like how soon <laughs> until it's coming and then like no I'm not gonna look at it and then later when I started to drop my guard a little bit and my anger I was like okay fine it's 10 days and he's like exactly 10 days I'm like yes <laughs> so it, it's been a joke for us but it's been um so good for us to identify or me because I don't like like I said I don't like when he points it out but I just like recognizing how my emotions do my um, hormones do affect my emotions and our emotions are always what's going to fuel our action so which means I tend to get really angry. I want to blame Sean for everything wrong in my life. And (laughs) so just by noticing that I am able to make some changes. So I'm, I noticed, um, took me, uh, 18 years to be willing to be wrong about (laughs) Sean. Like, he's like, isn't it funny how like every single month, like your life is falling apart and it's all because of me. Like, (laughs) it's like, have you noticed a pattern? I'm like, no, I don't even know what you're talking about. (laughs) But yeah, so it's taken me a long time to finally admit that, okay. And, and I'm getting better at telling Sean beforehand. Okay. Like I'm feeling really emotional. So this last time I didn't do so great, but like we resolved it within the day and we were able to laugh about it. So I do feel like I have made progress, but I feel like the the more recent, like a month ago, I remember saying, um, Sean, like I'm feeling so irritable right now. Like I'm just like so mad. Like you do not want to be around me because I want to pick you apart. <laughs> so just like keep your distance because I might say something really mean. And if I do just know that I'm like, I, I'm having a hard time right now. So it's better if you just like stay away because I might say something really mean. <laughs> so we've learned to, um, I've learned to give myself space. He's learned to give me space and he's learned to not read into what I say. He's learned how to be calm, which is also very awesome and amazing for, from my perspective, because the, the worst part is having him react to the way I'm acting. And then it just turns into a big, huge fight because I'm just not in my right mind. And then he's taking it all as I'm, I mean everything. And then usually a day or two later, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what I was thinking. I'm so sorry. So he's learned the pattern and he's learned to just give me some space. And if I do say anything mean, he's learned to just be like, okay, I'm backing away (laughs) from the beast. So um, I just think it's really fun to talk about the hormonal, um, aspect of this and to address that because one thing I would recommend or suggest is to resist, uh, practice more awareness around my thoughts that I'm having, um, around how I'm feeling hormonal, because sometimes my thoughts or my beliefs that I shouldn't be this way, or I hate being a woman or, all these negative thoughts that contribute to my whole experience. Like I'm now learning, 
I'm starting to believe that I can have a better experience around, you know, throughout my entire monthly cycle. And I feel like I have the ability to have a better experience if I can work on my thoughts and beliefs around it and not get sucked into like, oh, this sucks. I hate being a woman and, and, and all these resentments that come out <laughs> and I get mad at Sean just because he's a man and I'm, I'm not, and that's not fair and that he doesn't have to deal with this. And so, but ultimately he does have to deal with it. Right. <laughs> so, um, so I, uh, so I think that one thing that I would suggest is not having any shoulds around the way that you think that you should be acting or feeling during that time, not shaming the hormones, not being upset about it and just accepting them. And, um, and then, you know, once you release the shame, because that's like the lowest on the vib emotional vibration chart, I think the best step for us to, um, create better results is to focus first on raising our vibration. And how do we do that? By identifying our thoughts and our beliefs. And then what do we do from there? Try to change them. And that's the hardest part, but we can do hard things. We can do hard things. Okay. Another one is, um, I'm struggling with my effectiveness at sharing the shred. And I think a lot of people can relate to this as well, because this is something that, um, people feel nervous about for multiple reasons. Either they're worried about what other people think. Um, maybe they're just lacking confidence in themselves and how, and their ability to, um, talk, share, educate, um, inform, and even maybe even not knowing what to do first. So when it all, when we can first identify what beliefs that we're having around our own ability, then we can take a look at those. And then we can ask ourselves lots of questions like, what am I afraid of? Are there new, more creative ways I could explore around sharing the shred? Are you willing to fail 100 times first? And one thing I like to, you know, what if I did tell you that the exact formula to success was that you have to fail 100 times first? And if you just like knew that going into it, then you would have like a much lighter approach, right? But also it's not like you keep repeating the same thing and you do a hundred different things that you know are not going to work. You do one thing and you've noticed that, oh, that didn't seem to work. How can I expand upon that? How can I explain that better? How can I talk? How can I listen more to somebody or just examine or, or just really start to investigate every single scenario or attempt to share the shred like what was i feeling in the moment i should have said something and i didn't why what was i afraid of you know I, why did i get all nervous um and start noticing those thoughts that you're having around that and um also i like to imagine that when even this is just a good way to look at life you know and our attempt to changing our beliefs like what if you were, imagine you're putting together a thousand or a 5,000 piece puzzle and people do that for fun. You know, I don't know if there's anyone on here who does, are there, is there anyone here that does puzzles for fun? I'm not one of those people, but there are things that I do in my life that are for fun and because it's a bit challenging and I enjoy the process of it. So 
when you imagine it to be something like that and realize that usually our brains are what is creating a story. Like what if you've created a story about every time you attempted to put two puzzle pieces together and they didn't fit. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I just really suck at putting puzzle pieces. These are stupid puzzles. And then you just start going off your mind just starts spiraling out of control, making up a whole story like, well, if this puzzle was made out of this type of cardboard, then it might be even better. Or if it was printed, if it was a different picture, like you start arguing with the whole, (laughs) you start arguing with what is, you know, and I love Byron Katie's book, uh, Loving What Is. And that's one of my most favorite books because it's, she teaches me and everyone how to accept reality and and stop arguing with reality <laughs> so um so if you can enjoy the process of putting together the puzzle and notice and 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 not make up a story about any of it then you can be in the right like you're you never want to go at uh, work towards a goal or attempting something new from a lower vibration. So if we can first notice that we're in a low vibration and do things that will raise our vibration first, and then we can start making big changes. And you never want to start attempting, you know, sharing the shred from a place of insecurity, anxiety, um, from in a low vibration. So if you're noticing, like, I'm feeling really insecure, let's work and work on that first. And we all know that our emotions are come from our beliefs. So, um, all right, I'm going to do one more and then we're going to end. And Amy, I think you got mistaken by the time Amy, my sister is, is on, she was going to be coached tonight, but it's okay, Amy. Um, I think we address some of the things that maybe you're struggling with that a lot of other people even mention that they're struggling with as well, but um, which is the one last thing that I'm going to talk about is struggling with food addiction. And I know a lot of people here still, you know, we're working on that in ER shred and a lot of you have conquered it. Yay. So excited for you, but there's also a lot of people that are still struggling and that's okay. Like, That's what I love about our community is that we are not expecting perfection. We are just here to support and allow people to be on their own individual journey and let it take however long it's going to take. And don't put yourself on a timetable. I don't think it's effective to say, by this time next year, I will have conquered my food addiction. Let's stop putting a timeline on it and let's just be more gentle about our approach. And first, what I want to ask, maybe Amy, you could answer this. Um, what is your definition of addiction? Um, can you describe this in a way that doesn't stimulate feelings of shame? Because shame is not the emotion you want to be operating from ever. So first find a way to climb the ladder of emotion before you begin to tackle any kind of project or goal. So I, um, we only have four minutes left and I don't want to go over the time, but, um, I think that, the, the best advice I can offer around, you know, struggling with food addiction is to stop, stop describing it as food addiction, because I think for most people that triggers a lot of shame, like I'm addicted. I have an addiction, you know, like anytime we talk about addictions, like there's this level of shame that I think we feel when we admit that we do have an addiction and, and all of us have some 
kind of addiction, you know, like, so that's one thing you need to be aware of is like, your addiction might be to food, others might be to Netflix, others might be to shopping, or gambling, or even um, angry outbursts, you know, addicted to drama, I can raise my hand there like <laughs> that's something that I feel like I'm starting to recognize that sometimes things are going so smoothly and then like my brain's like wait <laughs> this is not normal like you need a little bit you need to spice things up here let's start let's um you know start a fight over here <laughs> let's pick a fight so <laughs> I've been um recognizing myself doing that um and it is funny that uh our brains try to um create our our, our brains are what become addicted to certain things. Our brains tell us like, yeah, let's get, let's have more of this. Let's continue this. This is what we're used to. This is what we know. This is familiar. And um, so once we're willing to go into the unknown, into the unknown, <laughs> then we can start making some real improvements in our life. So thank you guys so much for being here. I sure enjoy connecting with all of you in the community and the group. And I appreciate those of you who sent me, responded to my email, sent me um, these things that you're struggling with so that we can discuss these things tonight. So I'll be doing another one of these next month. I do it once per month, but I might be doing little sprinkles of like smaller videos in the group that I, I'm, it's just an idea that I've had that I might start sprinkling in um, small, like few minute videos to respond to more of these types of um, questions or concerns or struggles that many of you might be having. And we could do like short little video segments to address these things. So thank you again, everybody. I hope you have a good night and I'll be seeing you tomorrow on the come alive call with Sean Escobar. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Crystal. Thank you. Thanks Crystal. Bye.